0: You're listening to Starting Up with Tom Urquhart and Virtue Zone
1: on Dubai I 103.8. So here we go. Let's wade in. Um, and, well, radio's version of Ant and Deck with you here in studio. Myself, Tom Urquhart, and alongside me, uh, the founder and the chairman
2: of Virtue Zone, Mr. Neil Petch. Uh, Mr. Pete, good to see you. Did you see they're up for hosts of, of the year against Piers Morgan? Who, who would you vote for, Tom?
1: See, I'd, I'd give it to Piers It's only because yeah. I, 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 I like to pick a fight Ever I, since
2: I walked down the beach with him And made a complete fool of myself <laughs> on the BBC <laughs> programme
1: You've, uh, yeah, you've been, uh, you've been <laughs> beholden to everything he says
2: But I like your live and direct I thought for a moment you were calling me alive and, and direct And, and grateful but for that's
1: it what started, As soon as I went live and direct And then I went Day, I was Date I was on one all of a sudden there <laughs> Uh, good to see you. Uh, thank you very much indeed for being with us. Listen, quick reminder of those numbers, uh, but also those hashtags for you to get involved in. Because basically, you know, Neil and I can sit here and talk for hours about the demise of English cricket, the rise of Manchester United Football Club, uh, and we might throw a bit of business in along the way <laughs> as well. If you wish, we could talk Expo, we could talk whatever. But we do need your thoughts. We need you to get involved. Uh, at Virtue Zone uh, is the handle. Facebook. Facebook and Instagram. If you want to get in touch with VirtueZone on Twitter, it's at Virtuezone underscore UAE. Uh, tomorrow win a three point eight FM. If you want to get involved with us, uh, and do use the hashtag starting up with Virtuezone, hashtag be your own boss. You can drop me a text at any point if you wish, if it's safe to do so, 4001, or feel free to contact the production team. Uh, big thanks to uh, Casey, Catherine, and all the crew for putting this one together. Eyes and Bench for sticking around to make sure we stay on air and sound all. right and let's wade in with the first element of the week it is
0: well briefed the
1: business stories
0: you need to know this week
1: So it's been a big big week uh, for stories, Uh, none more so than the big story that rocked our world a little earlier on this week, part of the year of the 50th celebrations. Uh, uh, A whole host of UAE ministers came together to make a series of announcements on Sunday as they unveiled the 50 new national development projects uh, as the press briefing on Sunday. Dr. Thani al Zaidi, Minister of State for Foreign Trade, unveiled two new visas as well a green one and a freelance one. We've got a golden one already. Now we've got some green. Uh, We've also got a freelance one. Uh, Green visas are going to be granted to entrepreneurs and pioneers among other professions who will be able to sponsor their sons until the age of 25 and parents as well. Once expired, holders have a 90 to 180 day grace period. Uh, Meanwhile, freelance visas will be granted to owners of independent businesses or self-employed individuals. Many questions from listeners, not just into this show, uh, but from another of other shows, about who can apply, costs, etc. Um, we've reached out to a number of industry experts on this one already. A lot of people seem to be saying we're waiting for more details on
2: this one yeah we are but come on tom do you know another country that has listened and has acted better than the uae has to really push against this uh, covid crisis i think it's i mean our, our office has been a buzz a buzz with our staff being motivated by this a buzz by our customers calling up and asking what's happening and so it's generating interest it's generating confidence that's the first step Yes, a lot of clarification needs to happen, and but this is the typical way that uh, uh, things happen here, which is which is absolutely fine. We're, what we know is that we 're moving in absolutely the right direction. You know about a year ago, uh, we were talking about one hundred percent foreign ownership of mainland companies, which has created a huge amount of interest. Uh, about a month ago, we were talking about one hundred thousand fintech you know young men, Tom, not you and I, young men and women. Um, a hundred thousand golden visa holders in the fintech uh, space i don't know another country that's doing that so those of you that are in in that uh, space where you may be operating a freelance business or whatever you know get in touch with companies like us and and you know just be ready for it essentially
1: what what's fundamentally what's because this, as you as you rightly say, uh, Neil, this is not the first of these sort of moves. You know, when we heard about um, the golden visas, then we were told about freelance, then we were told about 10 years, et etc. et cetera. Uh, there's obviously a big move here. And you and I, it's not our first rodeo. We've been here okay. for years. I can't remember a time when there was so much focus on trying to remove a lot of the – is it stigma? Is it a sort of mental block that people have about – moving to the uae or setting up businesses here in the uae because this all seems to be driven towards clarifying that and make it more transparent or I, easier
2: absolutely and i think that's the main thing i guarantee you that in five years time there will still be people in america or whatever perhaps they'll finally have got some passports to themselves And they'll still be like, oh, don't you have to have a 51% local partner and don't they just run off with everything that you've spent, uh, you know, your 30 years developing and all that sort of thing. And that is a brand issue. So we've had shows devoted to brand and it's it's about making people trust, making people feel safe, making people feel that they can invest. When Sheikh Rashid dredged the creek. When Jabalali port was was opened, these were massive milestones in, in this country and now we 're seeing some more things that are going to bring more and the key thing here is is how this is going to bring confidence and bring people from all over the world to come and relocate here. Uh, Let's look at some of the other stories that
1: have been doing the rounds among other
2: national development projects
1: announced. We had the investment uh, to Emirates Development Bank to support the industrial sector. Uh, The UAE going to launch a global economic agreement in eight global markets, 40 billion dirham value there. Global investment summit early next year to attract 550 billion dirhams in investments. Uh, All projects aim to advance... Economic, developmental, and social sectors over the next fifty years ago. It goes back to that vision word, doesn't it, Neil? That you mentioned a little earlier on. But but the other thing that strikes me about it is just how proactive it is. You know, the fact that they're willing to stand there on that stage, some very high-ranking uh, members of the government or ministers and otherwise, and just show that vision it 's just as you say i can 't think of anywhere else that does it really
2: I think we we get a bit blase when, yeah. we, when we see announcements, five billion invested. Some of us, little business owners, you know, we think, oh, that's, that doesn't relate to us. Five billion is just yeah. a figure. It's just a news item. But to arrange that has taken so long. So Emirates Development Bank that are behind that, a little bit of a dark horse, a little bit of an unusual uh, uh, bank. And I, I think that that's, that's part of an overarching strategy. And I think that we're going to be hearing more uh, from the government in terms of specifics where they're getting behind certain industries. That investment is into the industrial sector, as you know, you and I, Tom, have been mm. crying out on behalf of the startup sector, saying, come on, we're the ones, we're the green shoots, we need that incubator more than anybody else. And if we grow, then our company of two people turns to four people and, and, and eight people, which, of course, is the fastest rise, and that's what the country wants. And so watch this space, Tom, we're going to be talking about some, Some. I, I, I'm pretty sure we're going to hear some interesting interesting things over the next few weeks.
1: One more for you to chew over. And uh, this is another story that's uh, uh, been doing the rounds. Recently, the UA government unveiling a new campaign to attract entrepreneurs and businesses to the country. This one's going to be called United Global Emirates. It aims to promote the UAE as one of the most dynamic, competitive and innovative business hubs in the world. Um, it was, of course, launched by the Vice President, Prime Minister and Ruler of Dubai, Zaina Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid al-Maktoum, uh, who, again... Went to Twitter, to social media to deliver this message saying, look, we're, we're, we're launching uh, the UGE, an international campaign to highlight the benefits and the incentives the UAE offers to help entrepreneurs go global. We invite talents from all over the world to make their ideas a reality in the hashtag United Global Emirates. This, again, uh, I'll tell you what this reminded me of. It, it is this the doors are open mentality. You know, we saw this during the heights of the pandemic as well, where decision was taken to get back to business one way or another to open hotels to open hospitality to to allow people to come in here and do their business from here to continue their business and again that seems to be the sentiment that is driving this mandate forward come doors are open
2: yeah you know what i really hate in a business tom is is where people send emails to one another in a CYA attitude, covering themselves, let's say. It really annoys me, the time that they waste on that. If we take this up to a country level, you're seeing announcements out of England about, oh, I don't know how I'm going to be able to fund the NHS and stuff like that. Here, there's no complaining from government entities. There's getting on and doing something about it. And what I really like is that they're reaching out increasingly to private businesses to get us to help them. Mm. Great partnership.
1: Good initiative. I hope you are therefore well briefed on some of the big stories of the day. We're going to turn our attention to today's talker now. So keep your thoughts coming through to us. Uh, Text please to 4001. We're talking e-commerce logistics today, payments, deliveries, supply chains and more online business forecasts for further growth for the next few years. Uh, We are speaking to a host of experts about how to keep your startup running smoothly. Uh, More on that with our first guest next
2: you're back with starting up with Tom Urquhart and
1: VirtuZone.
0: Only on Dubai i 103.8.
1: Yeah, welcome back to the show. Uh, big focus today on e-commerce. So we're asking you to get involved because it's all good and well, Neil and I being here. Uh, uh, but uh, we need your questions, need your comments, need your thoughts and opinions. Get them into us now on 4001. This is starting up with VirtuZone with you live here on Dubai i 103.8 each and every Tuesday between the hours of 10 and and 11. Retail e-commerce is growing at an exceptional rate in the region and that's why we are making it uh, one of our well spotlights today.
2: Startup spotlight.
1: spotlight. Here in the UAE by 2023 it is forecast to expand by 78% from the previous 5 years. That's according to a report from Visa. There's now an increasing number of products on the market to help e-commerce startups run smoothly. One company making its mark to provide payment solutions for business is called HyperPay. Tell us a bit more. Here's our producer. Catherine Cunningham.
0: Since its launch seven years ago, HyperPay has become one of the leading online payment gateways in the region, processing millions of transactions each year. It also offers a full suite of online payment solutions for merchants, including e-invoicing. HyperPay's Head of Operations, Akif Mahasan, explains.
3: We started our operations in the year 2014 in the UAE market and have been catering with thousands of e-commerce merchants across various industries such as retail, hospitality, FNV, government, insurances, etc. to accept payments online.
0: Hyperpay is headquartered in Saudi Arabia with offices in Dubai, Amman, Cairo and Bahrain.
1: I would say that... Uh HyperPay's uh, head of operations, Akif, as you heard just there, uh, is able to join us now live on the line, but also live via Microsoft Teams as well. Akif, thank you so much indeed for your time. Hi, Tom. How are you? Really well, indeed. Thanks so much indeed for taking time to have a chat with us. Now you're gonna have to you're gonna have to go patiently uh, with me at the moment because uh, I'm gonna play um, I'm gonna play the bad cop in terms of. Uh, understanding the process of payments so for those out there that are thinking hang on people have been paying for stuff for hundreds of years how how do you explain to them how e-commerce and e-commerce startups can now make the process of payments easier than it has been in the past
3: okay um, so firstly enabling startups to move online is uh, not only helping them to survive, but to thrive by expanding their distribution capabilities rather than sticking to a retail store. So that's one of the, one of them. And the other part is uh, the key things is first for the payment gateways to offer merchants with easy and simple integration methods. So you have one integration, multiple payment methods. You don't have to go to separate uh, schemes or like visa and mastercard have a separate integration and mx has something else so you don't you have one integration that's what hyperpay offers here on the other hand uh customers look for local currency act acceptance so for example you have uh you, ha- you, you distribute in uh ksa and you are accepting AED so most of the customers shy away because they have to pay for the FX. And in this case what happens customers should be able to offer multiple payment methods, local currency acceptance, and uh, w- uh, merchants have to have uh, offering a seamless checkout experience with the minimized process on the customized checkout pages with no redirections. That's one of the personalized options that you give to your customers visiting the website. On the other hand, uh, offering tokenization so that you want your customers to come back to your website and. They have their credit card ready or debit card ready to shop. So when they add everything to the cart, they don't have to go through the process again and again to add the card details. It's right there. You go click and and you're done.
1: We are see- yes. seeing or hearing certainly evidence of the fact that e-commerce is having an enormous growth for a number of the reasons that I just meant you've just mentioned there. Uh, it goes without saying. But what about you? What have you and your team witnessed about? how this growth or demand for e-commerce is affecting your business?
3: Well, honestly, we've been, you know, we are in the pandemic. Before the pandemic started, we've seen how it was. And in the year 2020, just in the month of uh, March to June, HyperPay has seen enormous growth. So I can say that comparatively between 2019 to 2020, um, we've experienced 200% growth in transactions. And that's, continuously growing even when we're in 2021 so there's no turning back from uh, digital payments they're here to stay and uh, definitely uh, PSPs like us are growing on and we are we will be one of uh, the key things for an e-commerce company to start uh, their businesses
2: Yeah, Tom, I would, uh, if I can speak on behalf of Akif here, a lot of people are thinking of setting up an e-commerce business. They don't realize that there's a complex group of solutions that you need to bundle together and you need it fast. So I do have a question for Akif here, but first I want to say on behalf of HyperPay, one of the things that a really good partner in this space does is it provides data to your business so Mm. you see where the trends are so that you can start to adapt your products and your market to make sure that you're you're pushing the, the, the most profitable and, and most successful things. So the back-end part of this hyperpay are particularly uh, strong. But Akif, there's a huge rush in the market. Amazon and Alibaba and so on are, are competing very, very hard against each other to bring on more and more merchants. There's a huge rise in, in this area. This is an opportunity for you. But a lot of these people who are coming on who don't yet pass, have their bank have account their bank. yet, etc., yes. etc., they, you know, they, they don't have all the due diligence, and they want an easy onboarding process. And so you've got that juggling act between having all the information and providing them a good service and getting them on quickly. So how are you handling that side of things?
3: Exactly. So as a PSP, what we do is we take care of uh, the whole sales onboarding process, starting from sales to after sales to risk management. Instead of the merchant running around to the banks. Um, getting their merchant IDs in place and, and PSPs here add value by giving their technology, very, very FinTech. So what we do is we take care from the beginning of the sales onboarding process and everything of that sort is taken care of by our sales team. On the other hand, once we start the sales onboarding process, we let the merchants start integration so that they don't have to waste time waiting for the paperwork to be processed. In that case, once, in the meanwhile, we get the merchant IDs because that's required by an acquiring bank uh, for the money to be managed. And then for post, uh, post post these processes, once the customer goes live, we have an account managers uh, for an ex- technical executive um, for each and every merchant to take care of their needs.
2: Okay, and Akif, uh, a, a lot of these startups perhaps they're, they're seeking to help people pay in different ways. You know, teenagers in the States now probably don't even have a bank account, they, they're using Uber Pay and, and, and so on and Swipe and, and so on and so on. Things are changing dramatically. So, how are, are you going about making sure that there's there's multi channel means by which people can pay?
3: Well, we are. Uh, well, we have to catch up with the market's changing needs. So in this case, at the moment, uh, in, in, in the UAE, we're looking at Visa, MasterCard, MX, UPI, Apple Pay, multiple payment methods. So as and when there are new payment methods available in the market to be accepted, uh, aligning to the central bank and the acquirers here, we have to be available. And at the moment, uh, I believe... The highest usage of uh, these sort of payments is heading towards Apple Pay and Samsung Pay. So we have them available at the moment, and uh, we're looking to accept more and more local payment methods. So, for example, it's, it's in Saudi Arabia. We call it MADA. It's a separate scheme which is closed for the, for the KSA region. Similarly, we're looking at uh, probably some new payment methods coming up in the UAE, and we're adapting to it so we can start offering the same to our merchants.
2: You see, Tom, Apple's share share price was booming up, you thought, because they had a new phone coming out. And now it's probably the data they have from everyone using Apple Pay. It's things are transforming left, right and center. Managing the data. I want to get your thoughts, if
1: I can, on the sort of future of cashless, because I think it's fair to say the pandemic has taught us a few lessons and brought a couple of uh, the 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 non adopters uh, around the idea that 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 our life moving forward will be more cashless, if not completely cashless as well. So, will the payments landscape change post pandemic? Uh, has it changed already?
3: It's already changed. The future has begun. I would say, like I said, the digital payments are here to stay. I mean, when you step out. You don't have cash in your pockets. All you have is your mobile. So that's what's happening now. And the COVID-19 pandemic has further accelerated retailers, innovation in digital uh, transformation plans. So in that case, uh, the step change in demand across the first half of 2020, if you see, is sure to have a lasting effect. So it's it's here to stay. And we will see a lot of changes, a lot of new payment methods coming in, easier payment methods coming in. Like, for example, I missed out on saying if there's an e-commerce business which is starting and they don't have their website ready. So we have a solution also, on the other hand, which is the e-invoicing that you can start selling already without your website, start collecting payments. So there are a lot of payment methods that way, which are going to be coming up uh, in the, in the future as well. Interesting times for you, Akif. Interesting
1: times for you and your team down at HyperPay. And may you make the most of it as well, my friend. Uh, Thanks for you for joining us. Akif, really appreciate your time this morning. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Big thanks to Akif for joining us live on the line. He's the head of operations uh, for HyperPay, the first of our guests today uh, on Starting Up with Zone.
0: You're listening to Starting Up with Tom Urquhart and Zone On Dubai Eye 103.8.
1: Thanks for your messages. Keep them coming. 4001. Lots of good messages uh, coming through to us this morning. Uh, and quick reminder that there will be another opportunity for you to get more answers in more detail from Mr Neil Petch in just a few moments' time. In fact, as we'll be having our company clinic uh, in round about 15 minutes' time. In the meantime, though, it's time for this.
2: Startup Spotlight.
1: We're talking e commerce logistics today. What are the basics that startups need to know to keep their businesses running smoothly? What's the best way to efficiently manage payments and deliveries? 1115 Inc. is a new e commerce consultancy for SMEs and family offices. Here is Catherine Cunningham with more information.
0: 1115 Inc. launched almost a year ago to help businesses navigate the changing world of e-commerce. It provides a range of services from market research, technology and branding. Its co-founder is Ashwarya Chari. We also help in
4: terms of having a full and complete easy smooth transition for a physical store, a physical brand. Uh, to move it to online and to sync their inventory and their stocks and things like that. So all of this very, very complex and nerve-wracking and overwhelming aspects of an online business are completely taken over by us so that the clients and the entrepreneurs can focus on the aspects that they know well and manage well.
0: Ash Warrior has two online businesses under her belt. She launched her first e-commerce business, a children's clothing website, over a decade ago. Then her second online kids store in 2016. At 11.15, her mission is to guide businesses to disrupt externally while staying organised internally, achieving targets and increasing profitability. <laughs>
1: Well, happy to say that uh, Ashwarya, the co-founder of 1115 Inc, is able to join us now live on the line and also happy to say uh, live via Microsoft Teams. Ashwarya, thank you so much indeed for your time this morning.
4: Thank you so much for having me, Tom.
1: Now, before we go any further, I've got to ask you about the company name because I'm liking (laughs) it a lot. Lots of debate before the show about pronunciations, (laughs) etc. 1115 Inc, where's it come from?
4: Well, it it adds up to eight, which which reflects or which is indicative of infinity, which is the infinite possibilities of commerce. And it ranks really well with SEO as well. So we think about that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Perfect, perfect. Listen, I want to talk to you about logistics if I can, because... Um, you know, we often talk all conversations these days about how did you deal with the pandemic? How's the pandemic been for you, be it uh, individual, all of course, organization Some industries have fared better uh, as a result of the pandemic than others, logistics being one of them. I think um, the logistics industry really had the focus pulled on how important it is during the height of the pandemic. And of course, now after, or certainly living with the pandemic. So how, to your mind, has the pandemic changed the logistics of running an e-commerce business?
4: Um, Logistics becomes the key part of what you do as an e-commerce business anyway, right? Uh, You can have the best customer service, your last mile, your supply chain, all of this brings it together. So when it it came to the pandemic and retail chains had to move to commerce, this was a part of... uh, This was something that grappled with understanding in terms of how do we do this, how can we organize it, how can we keep things streamlined. But I think a lot of logistics providers really came through and it's become an indispensable part of commerce. It always has been, but more so now. Do
1: you... Are there, le- are there lessons that we've learned uh, from as a result of the pandemic as well? Has has the advice that you proffer for keeping logistics running smoothly changed uh, in the last 18 months or so?
4: I think as long as you always have your basic straight, I always have my few top tips. And if you keep following that, uh, it's about scalability and volume and all of that that's happened over the pandemic. the The one thing, the one thing I say now is, always have your process in place. I always say this, it's it's become more important now. As long as you are working with a uh, in a process-driven environment and you understand what you need to be doing and how your process works, you will be able to scale quite easily, whether it's fulfillment, logistics, last month, whatever it is.
1: We've had a few reports, a couple of uh, suggestions coming through that some uh, companies that uh, uh, have moved online have had Challenges, or should I say, troubles keeping up with deliveries once they've moved online just because of the demand, then the increase in demand that they've seen. Yeah. Is that something that you've also seen?
4: Yes, definitely. And especially if you're putting all of your eggs in one basket, for example, if you've only signed agreements, if you've moved online and you have either your small fleet and then demand's fantastic, or you've signed agreements with one last mile provider. So we always advise to have multiple agreements in place so, you know, um, it's quite seamless. You have integrations available with platforms which are able to let you track all of your logistics to, to tell you who is your most profitable last mile, who, who is the guy who who's going quicker, who's going faster, who's not got returns. It gives you all of the analytics so you can move forward on that relationship. So... Absolutely. Um, it it had it had been an issue because I think what happened was everybody moved online. I think e-commerce moved forward 10 years in a year, right? So, mm. obviously, all of the businesses had to scramble and understand and, and figure out their logistics at that point in time.
2: Ashwa, I've just been reading your tips and I, and I have to give a little plug to you and your company, actually. A lot of entrepreneurs starting up are obviously trying to keep their costs down and one of those right. costs is consultancy and, and advice and they try and do it themselves and Right. I think this is such an incredibly key area. And your, one of your tips, which I really liked, is that very often business owners are sitting on something that they're not leveraging. And you were talking about ambassadors. Can you tell us a
4: bit about that? Absolutely. So I think I mentioned that using um, your last mile providers as ambassadors more than anything else. So we have all of our... You you can have the best online experience. Your you know your UX is fantastic. Your customer service is is on point. Your last mile shouldn't let you down because that's when you're actually facing it's face to face with your customer. So, I if I may, I'd like to illustrate this with an example. Is one of our clients is hirewea.com, which is an online uh, wellness grocery. And while the meaning of the word is beautiful, it means vitality in Arabic. The last mile delivery drivers had a little trouble pronouncing it. So we ran a say our name campaign. So when they would come to pick up the deliveries, we would say, how do you say our name? How do you say our name? It would take a few seconds, but then we made sure that when they were going out there, there were ambassadors who knew what the brand was, how the brand is pronounced. And it really worked really, really well. So I'm not saying that you need to hold back your delivery drivers and have long chats with them. Courier companies will come after me with pitchforks if I say that, (laughs) but it's all right to take a few
1: seconds. You've helped so many businesses in your role, uh, Ashwarya, and um, you've, you've seen a number of those move from physical um, bricks-and-mortar stores to online uh, presences as well. Um, that's one thing, that sort of transit, that, that, that move uh, online. But how do you then, and what's the sort of advice you can proffer to help them make sure that their inventory runs in sync? How do you make it a seamless move?
4: Yeah, it can't happen after, it has to be planned in, adv- in advance. And you, know, you have to think it through in terms of how are you going to make it work. Um, it starts when you're actually choosing your platform. If you already have an inventory management system in place, choose the right platform accordingly. Choose the platform that works well with your inventory management system. Prepare for it to get messy for a bit. It will, it's normal. But as long as you have processes in place, it, everything will work out in the end. And if there's one thing a business that's thinking about doing this can actually um, will take away from here as if you don't have an inventory management system and you're shopping for an inventory management system, please, please, please make your requirement list. You will be surprised at how often business owners assume that a, a, a system can do something they need it to do while it might not really be able to. So make that list of how do you want this to work between your online, offline? What are the syncs? What are the data points? I want sales order, purchase order, available stock, stock in hand, all of that. It might seem really obvious to you, but still write it down. And then when you go shopping, speak to the different providers and say, this is what I needed to do. And they will say, yeah, we can do this. We can't do that. This can't happen. This can happen via a connector. Then you check with the connector. Like often you have to use apps for something and check. Does that support it? So you are aware that whatever you get into is able to support you for the long term.
2: Ashwara, we've been talking about how Apple Pay is disrupting the payment business and people are using different uh, models. We just had HyperPay on some of the payment service providers. Their business model is that they take a cut of every single transaction. Um, what's, what's your business model? How do you uh, go about charging startup businesses where for them, obviously, cash is incredibly uh, tight.
4: We are a consultant. So do you mean my business is an 1115 or what I advise so do you Do you you
2: standard, is- uh, do? You, do you charge a standard consultancy fee? Are you open to different models where, where you're sharing in, in their efficiency improvements, et cetera?
4: Right. So we work across, we, we work with different models. We have a retainer model, we have a project model. We can come in and pretty much effectively become the head of e commerce and launch that business or, or fix the issue that they're having. Um, so we, we work mostly on a consultancy basis. But our we're quite flexible in terms of how that looks and what the scope looks like. We're very startup friendly.
1: Ashwarya, we could talk for a lot longer. Unfortunately, we have to leave it there. Uh, but I really appreciate your time this morning. Thanks so much, indeed, for taking time to uh, speak to us this morning. Uh, Ashwarya, thank you to you.
4: Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure.
1: Ashwarya Chari is the co-founder of Eleven Fifteen Inc., uh, who's been joining us live via Microsoft Teams. Uh, giving advice uh, to all of our listeners uh, and viewers. Listen, if you have got uh, want more advice, stay tuned. Uh, strap yourself in because we're going to be into the company clinic in a few moments' time where we're going to be bringing you yet more advice, courtesy of uh, the award-winning team at Virtuzone.
2: You're back with Starting Up with Tom Urquhart and Virtuzone.
0: Only on Dubai I 103.8.
1: Hi, you're listening to Starting Up with Virtue Zone Live here on Dubai i103.8. Tom and Neil with you through until uh, well, hopefully through until eleven o'clock this morning. uh, Four zero zero one. If you'd like to have your say, Uh, good to have you uh, on board. And time now for us to wrap things up with uh, what we finish on all the time. Company Clinic right got a load of questions coming through uh, Neil's alongside us listen if we don't get to answer these questions now worry not uh, because the uh, digital team uh, the digi team down at Zone, are online as we speak uh, at Zone uh, for you to get in touch with them and have your say uh, send any questions comments over to they would love to chat to you if people are still a little bit uh, old school traditional ever embraced e-commerce uh, Neil and they still like face to face they like come and knocking on doors and
2: trying out your coffee where are you guys? we are in Souk al Baha so you can pop into the Palace Hotel you can pop into Dubai Mall and we do make a very good espresso
1: very good indeed, so go and say hi, team uh, are down there ready to take your questions in the meantime let 's turn our attention to some of the questions that have come through A uh, quick reminder you 've got to run about ten minutes to get your questions in on four zero zero one chloe 's been in touch saying uh, any advice would be appreciated. I currently run an instagram bris- uh, ugh, do that again. I currently run an Instagram business where I sell bespoke pajamas. I want to set up a website and run the business from there. Uh, Neil, any idea what sort of costs I need to be looking at in order to get this off the ground?
2: Well, so firstly, this is a question that a lot of influencers are going to be asking, which is, you know, can I leverage uh, uh, my followers and turn it into a commercial business? There's been this massive rise in, in freelance visas. Word of caution – I'm sorry, I'm, this is a bit like how long is a piece of string. Word of caution, just getting a license that makes you legal – is not all that you need. You need, for example, a working bank account. You need to be able to have a phone that works and so on and so on. So my boring piece of advice is please come and talk to us so that we can guide you through it. In terms of pricing, now there are free zone licenses out there that start as as the base unit from 5,000, six thousand uh, uh, dirhams but there are a bunch of other things that you need as well there's no point point in, for example you can set up a, an offshore company a bvi company for six hundred dollars but it's not something that would enable you to set up your bank account it's not something that you would enable you to have visas and so on so just you know i uh, say beware but just uh, watch out for the hidden costs um that said, lady that's just asking that question, costs are going down, competition is high. I think that's great for the consumer. Um, and, and, you know, let's remember it is, it's slightly more expensive to set up a company in the UAE than it is in Britain or America or something like that. But 100% of your revenue you get to keep and invest in, in your business. So from that perspective, it's the most efficient and the cheapest place to be running your business in the world
1: from pyjamas to dresses pretty similar uh, story as well i don't know if there's anything you can add because i think you've pretty much just answered it there already but premi got in touch with us with another uh, message on 4001 asking uh neil would i need a license for a home-based dress designing business dress designing uh designer pajamas i suppose they're all the same um would they be different licenses or not
2: well, I think there's 3,400 activities right, at, okay. at DED, so it, it is a bit of a minefield. Um, yes, you would need a license. Mm. Build your foundations uh, uh, from the start. But I think that gives me the opportunity to say, when you start, don't think that you want to build everything yourself. One of the Ashwia's uh, 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 recommendations earlier was, you know, do you immediately go for your own drivers to deliver your product? No, probably not outsource it to a logistics company until you know the demand that you're going to be having so to design dresses and so on do some planning yourself speak to some suppliers speak to the harvey nicks of 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 this world uh, first to see if you can piggyback their license Um, but you're going to need to have some sort of format yes absolutely
1: I've got a of questions coming in. I'm a bit reluctant to ask them because a lot of them about the new <laughs> green visa systems and things like that. The only reason I say reluctant is because, you know, I've been going through the, the the fine print much as you have been going through the fine print. A lot of people wanting answers, a lot of people asking questions about age restrictions as well for green visas, eligibility, age cutoffs, etc. But the sort of details, the finer details are still... Yet to be announced, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, and
2: I, you know what, Tom, I think that's absolutely fine. Is it? I, I, I th- and the re- reason I say that is because, you know, we have a listening government who react and stay light on their feet. So I would encourage you, give us your feedback. Tell us where you feel that you're not supported and, and where you need more uh, wriggle room, and, you know, entities such as uh, our own Virtue Zone, and this this show, uh, we're always talking to the decision makers in, in in this area and giving them our feedback, and they do listen. So please give us a call, drop us an email, pop in to Sukal Baha.
1: Okay, one final one, uh, just quickly, from Alisa Zikover, who's been in touch with us. What's the benefit commercially of having a BEE license, uh, 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 having a BEE freelance visa versus a freelance license license uh, what businesses can qualify for benefit or advantage so freelance visa versus freelance license is there a difference there or not
2: yeah i think that again as uh, she's she's really echoing what i was saying which is if you're taking baby steps so that you are able to be operating and be able to be working but you're not handling the invoicing side of the operation then just having that visa might uh, uh, enable you to do that so this is a you know we're, we've got a pottery wheel and we're forming a pot here and it's very very fluid at the moment so wow ask so for very the experts did you like that was a little bit of demi Moore. yeah well <laughs> interesting which we both chose <laughs> I remember Demi rather more.
1: I remember Patrick's tight jeans, don't worry about that. (laughs) And uh,
2: one of the great exponents of the mullet as well. Absolutely.
1: Uh, let's leave it at that then, shall yeah, we? There we go. I think that's probably a good place to leave
2: it. E-commerce mullet business, anybody?
1: <laughs> we have uh, uh, been well. We've been uh, dealing with some of the big stories of the week. I'm assuming Neil, when we meet at this time next week, there's going to be some more big announcements are, for us to delve into. Are.
2: are there? Come, I'm just trying to get as many people <laughs> as possible to listen, but there really are. <laughs>
1: Uh, stay tuned for that one. If you'd like to catch up with VirtuZone in the meantime, either Sukal Baha to try out their coffee or at the Zone online. Hashtag starting up with VirtuZone. Neil Petch, thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Tom. Stay tuned. You've got the latest news headlines coming away, way, courtesy of Dubai I Lloyd is up next uh, and we'll be back next Tuesday with more starting up with Zone 10 to 8 each and uh, 10 to 8? No, 10 to 11. 10 to 8 would be, that would like be a shift. That would be a shift and a half, wouldn't it, eh? Hey? <laughs> Tell you.